podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yeah, good evening. It's Love Sport Radio. Three minutes past seven across the capital and the countdown to the new season is on. The countdown to the transfer window also on nine days and 21 hours until it slams shut. Some big, big deals being done as we speak. Fulham have uh, signed Alexander Mitrovic from Newcastle United for a fee in the region of £22 million. That one rising to potential £27 million as well. Elsewhere, excuse me, and uh, Harry Maguire looks like he'll be staying with Leicester City. That is according to their manager, Claude Puel. But it's uh, one club or one club only that we come to, uh, well, come together for on a Monday night. Uh, to talk about that is West Ham United it's been a big big summer for the Irons Um, let's talk to uh, James Jones from West Ham well James um, firstly a big pre-season result a decent pre-season result Ipswich on Saturday you know not a a club that is is expected to struggle in the championship this season due to a lack of investment but under new management a 2-1 win Um, were you happy with that and and how have you been with pre-season so far I think pre-season so far has been been pretty good I mean there's been a lot of upheaval isn't there with a new manager um, new squad but uh, you know seven new signings but you know I think the Ipswich performance wasn't wasn't the best performance. Um, you know, I mean, I think Ipswich played quite well. They, you know, they they definitely exposed some of our weaknesses, particularly in defence and midfield. But I think you know that's what three wins out of uh, five games now. Um, we lost our first one, but then ever since then we've been pretty solid. So you know, Pellegrini seems to be laying the foundations pretty quickly. Seems to be getting the best out of the squad, especially with seven new seven new players in the squad quite what, early on. What's the style all about? Well, I mean, everyone knows Pellegrini's style. You know, he prefers an attacking style, um, and we've already seen that. There's a lot of pass and movement moving going on within um, in our game so far, and we haven't really seen much of that from West Ham over the last few years. So it's quite refreshing to see. I know it's only pre-season; it's only a little taste of what we're gonna, what we should come to expect under Pellegrini and this um, this so-called new era at the club, but. I think um, you know he's, he's signed a lot of attacking players. Felipe Anderson. Um, we've already got Marko Arnautovic. Got Yarmolenko out on the right there. Jack Wilshere. Um, so he's definitely signed the right players to fit into that to that mould, to that style of play that we we'll know that Pellegrini likes to play. You know, you know, we all saw it at Manchester City. I know we had better players there, but um, we sh- you know we, we've got that. We've got that core uh, core squad now that we can then sort of put his ideas to the test, and we start to see that. What's uh, the for- what was the formation of the weekend? Though is it a four three three? It was. Yeah. With or- so is, is that? Four, do you three, think three. that's what he's going to stick with? I over think. The that, season? I think that's what he's going to stick with. Um, we, we we all know that he never really plays three five two or five at the back or anything like that. So we can't expect it a four three three. Yeah. Um, and that front three looks like it's going to be Arnautovic, Yarmolenko on the right, um, and Anderson out on the left. 
um, and that it's it's big question marks now over who fills that that, that middle three. Um, yeah. He started with Wilshire, Obiang, and Kawate. Um, Obiang Kawate proved very very quickly that they they just can't play together. Um, he pulled one of I can't remember who he pulled off at half time. It may have been Kawate. He pulled him off at half time and, and changed it. Um, and it looks like both both of those have been heavily linked with moves away. So if that happens in the next ten days, then there's a bit of a rebuild job already for the midfield. But the back four seems already quite solid. Balbuena has really impressed in the preseason games he's played so far. Um, Winston Reid's injured, so it's probably going to be Balbuena and Ogbonna at the centre half, and then probably Fredericks and and either Creswell or Masuaku who's also really impressed. So the, the team's getting there. I mean, it looks really solid on paper. Talks of Obiang though, leaving. Yeah. It's a strange one. Um, I mean, he's a good player on his day. He's had his injury. He had a, he had a really serious injury last year that kept him out for most of the second half of the season. But um, it, it, it does seem as though he's he's trying. He looks like he wants to go back to Italy. Um, I don't know how how true that is, but if you get you know if we can get maybe ten twelve million quid for him, then you know you take it. But it's a strange it's a strange decision to look at selling out those two central midfielders when if they, if Obian goes and then Kwati goes after that that's left we're left with just Noble and um Wilshire as central midfielders so um I'll be quite upset if Obian goes though because he's he's had some he's had put some really good performances his first season at the club he really struggled to get in the team had to settle for roles off the bench but his second season he was he was really really impressive um and last year when he did play he was very good as well so in terms of uh, up front, with Arnautovic looking to take that central striker spot, what about Hernandez? Where does this leave him? It's a big question. I mean, no one really knows. Um, Pellegrini's already said that you know he's gonna, he's already told Hernandez he's going to have an important role in the team. But we all know how how effective Arnautovic has become as that central that sort of that foot that in that striker role. Um, but you've also got to keep a player like Hernandez happy as well. I think would be would be crazy to try and sell him. Um, so it all depends on whether what do we do we rotate them? Does he find a way of fitting him into that front three, and then maybe drop Yarmolenko or um, or, or Anderson? I, don't, I mean, I, he's not going to drop Anderson. He's just spent a club record fee on him. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Hernandez has only just got back a few days ago in pre-season. It's going to be interesting to see over the next two, their last two pre-season games, where he fits in, how he uses them. Um, and I think if we don't sell him, which I don't think we will, then. He'd probably start the season on the bench like he finished the season on the bench. So, um, but you know, I'd like us to keep him because we, we it took us ages, felt like an age to actually get a world class striker like Hernandez at the club. After all those failed strikers we spoke about last, like, last week, didn't we? All those failed strikers that we've had over the years, we finally got one, um, and now it looks like he's already been frozen out or he's you know he's struggling for game time. But um, I think I think he'll get he'll get some game time. So he'll score some goals next season for us definitely. Man management is going to be important this season, as you you, you mentioned last week. I think as well that you, you know, obviously, I think Pellegrini has and Moyes when he was in that position, they've obviously put the the arm around Arnautovic and told him you're a big player here. Will they have to do the likes uh, the same with um, Felipe Anderson as well and all the other signings that you've you, you've signed this season to keep to keep the team momentum going? I think so. Um, I mean, different players need different management techniques, don't they? Um, I mean, they like you know with Arnautovic as we said last week. Um, he need, he's that sort of manager that needs an arm around him. needs to, needs to be told that he's the best player in the team, and that you know everything's going to run through him. You know he's the focal point. Um, but it all depends on it's, it, it's a player by player basis when it comes to our management, doesn't it? So, um, but, but where Felipe Anderson is, is concerned, 
you know he's he's come over from Italy um barely speaks the language so he's going to need a little bit more time he's going to need a little bit more you know he probably will need an arm round for a little bit but the performance he put in against Ipswich was pretty impressive scored within a couple of minutes but um i think we you know Pellegrini's uh you know he's an experienced enough manager to know how to man manage these type of players on mass and these big names and you know these new signings and how to you know settle them in pretty well so um as long as you keep I, the, the way i see it is that as long as he can keep Anatovic happy, because I think he's the most important player in that squad at the moment, if he can keep him happy, um, which already seems to be doing in, in pre-season, he's banging the goals in. Then it's a five I, and four, is it? Five and four. Um, absolutely on fire. He's like fin- he started pre-season the way he finished last season. So if he can keep keep at that rate, then I think everything else will fall into place because you know we've, we've got that you know that star man that focal point and I think all the rest of the players will carry on playing. Let's take a look at Sam Ingersoll's piece on football.london. He reviewed a lot of the players who uh, who played against Ipswich Town on Saturday. Ryan Fredericks, a player that I've watched a lot, um, has had a half decent start to his West Ham United mm-hmm. career. What do you make of, of firstly the signing and secondly um his 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 current well, the outings he's had in well, pre season? I didn't I didn't know a great deal about Ryan Fredericks um before we were initially linked with him um and I spoke to Kite Work who's a, who's a football league expert and he was saying that Fredericks is probably one of the best right backs in, in the championship last season. Which got me excited. So I mean I watched the, the playoff final um, and he really impressed me. You know, he's got a lot of pace. Loves, you know, loves running at players. Loves getting to the byline. Um, and he seems to have already put that on show um, in the games that he's played so far. Um, I mean, evident, evidently, in that first goal he scored against Ipswich on Saturday, he's, you know, Yarmolenko saw him bombing down the right, got to the byline, put the ball in, Anderson headed it in. So, and if we can do that consistently next season, and we've got enough players in the box, and Anderson is decent in the air. Um, you know he, he will be a great asset, and you know like he's the sort of player that Cresswell was when he first arrived at the club out on the left. You know, Chris, you know we love a player that you know tries to beat a man, gets down, gets down onto the byline to get a ball in. Because you know if you've got a player like that with a lot of pace, then um, you got half a chance going forward, haven't you? So I think it's a good signing, particularly on a free as well. I'm surprised he didn't decide to stay at Fulham given they got promoted. Well, he he wanted to be the high, highest paid player at the club. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with the signings they're making, Sherla, Mitrovic today, mm. Jean-Michel Seri, they had other ideas for their budget. Um, is it for, for West Ham, is it more a case of, you know, he actually has decent pace and he's not of a certain age? That That is a big factor playing in that back line. I think so. I mean, last year we had uh, Pablo Zavaleta in that in that position. Um, as much as Zavaleta had a great great season last year, he's not. You know, his his legs are getting a little bit tired now. You know, he's not he's not spring, no spring chicken anymore. So I think we needed to look in the market for a younger right back, someone with a bit of pace, someone that you know can try and beat a man. And when you got a player like Ryan Fredericks going for free. Um, with the record that West Ham has in terms of um, buy, or getting players from the Championship and turning them into Premier League players, you know we've done that with Creswell, we did that with Antonio. Um, I think it was a no-brainer, particularly you know, as, as I said on the free transfer, it's exactly what we were looking for. He fits Pellegrini's mould really well, um, so it's exactly you know it's exactly what we were looking for, and it, it does it does strengthen a part of the defence where it was quite quite weak last season so yeah, but that's what West Ham have been lacking for quite a while now pace down those yeah. wings hasn't yeah, exactly, and that's so yeah. important in the Premier League these days when such so many teams rely on the on the wingers that's it I mean 
before Zabaleta came in, we you know we were trying Michel Antonio there. And, you know, Michel Antonio's got a lot of pace, but he, he wasn't a natural right back or right wing back. Um, and you know that was kind of like a stopgap, you know, as you were. But we had to go out and invest or find someone that could that's young that can fill that role that's hungry. Um, and I think they've I think they've got exactly that with, with him. And he's got Zabaleta there to to learn from for another year. Zabaleta's got another year in his contract, so he's got he's got one of the best one of the best right backs Premier League seen to learn from in this next twelve months. So hopefully he'll improve. We'll see him improve as well. Um, but the pace is what we lacked last year. It's particularly going down those flanks. So and we've got Masuaku on the left, who's also very quick. And was that down? Do you, do you think? Look, you conceded what sixty-eight goals, I think, last year. Was that yeah. down to the keeper, or was it down to the whole back line and the keeper, or? So as a mixture of, I mean, we, uh, the goalkeeper situation didn't help. I mean, Joe Hart was was terrible at times, uh, most of the time, shall I say? Um, Why though? Because they say a keeper is only as bad as the defence in front of him. Well, he made a lot of mistakes that led that led directly to goals. I mean, I'm not saying that he was solely solely responsible because we had a lot of a lot of defensive issues. You know, when you've got Winston Reid was injured for most of the season. Um, you know, uh, James Collins again. He was injured. You know, he, he, he he's not. You know, he's not like a young spring chicken anymore either. So we had that was our weak. That was our weakness last year. We were rotating goalkeepers after every one made a mistake, then we change it, and one make a mistake, then we change it back. Um, defensively, you know, we, we were we were a little bit short and experienced when when key players were injured. We played Declan Rice there towards the end of the year. He had a really good. You know, he forced his way into that team and deserved to stay there at the end. Um, but you know, and we're changing managers midway through the season, and you know, both those managers have different ideas, different styles, which you know, evidently cost us at the back. I mean, but Pellegrini came in, and straight away he fixed those issues, didn't he? I mean, Fredericks was the first signing, then he signed Issa Diop, and then Balbuena came a little bit later. Balbuena so. didn't have the greatest games on Saturday, though, did he? I thought we played. I thought we played really well. Got a five in the match ratings. Well, I mean, it's open to opinion, I suppose. I mean, I, I mean, he only played what sixty minutes. I think. I think he played well. I think he's going to be first choice at the back. Um, from what I've seen between him and and Diop, um, I think I prefer Balbuena. Um, but it's good to have that strength and depth, isn't it? Um, so I mean, it'd be interesting to see who he picks. I mean, that's the big question right now: is who he picks for his strongest back 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 four. Who would you go for? Oh, as I said earlier, I'd, I'd have I'd have Fredericks, I'd have Balbuena, Ogbonna, and uh, Masueka, and then Fabianski in goal. That'd be my that'd be my strong back four. Um, I mean, Winston Reid when he comes back, if we still you know. If he can keep himself fit, then perhaps he slots in there. Maybe it all depends on what happens. I, mean, I think Winston Reid is going to have a real tough time getting back into the team. Uh, on another long term deal, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's got like five years left. He only recently he's always, he's always got deal. five years. Yeah, left. it's crazy. Um, but it's, it's quite it's quite sad because about three or four years ago, he, he not even that. It's about two two years ago. He's been linked with them with the Tottenham. The club were really, really eager to keep hold of him off of this big six-year deal. I think it was, and tied him down. Everyone thought, you know, it's a bit of a coup that we've we've managed to keep hold of Winston Reid. But ever since then, he's he's had his injury problems. I mean, when he does play, he's solid. Um, rarely makes a mistake, but you know, you can't rely on a player like that when he's when he's always injured. So 
Um, no wonder Pellegrini's coming about two centre half straight off the bat. But isn't this isn't that the same old song for um, West Ham? You know, you're keeping players yeah, on huge yeah. contracts that are constantly injured. I mean, yeah. how, why does the why does this keep happening? Is it down to loyalty or what? I think I don't think it's anything to do with. Um, I don't think there's a link. I think it's just. I mean, we've just we've just always had terrible luck with injuries. Um, I, I I think a lot has to be said about the quality of the training ground and yeah. the quality of the uh, the medical staff. Isn't that, that we've brand had. new training ground, Rush Green? Well, it's not. They refurbed it. It was actually the um, the, the youth team's training ground. But Billich, we were at Chabrolief. Billich asked us to move because we were getting so many injuries at Chabrolief. So we moved over to to Rush Green and and. It, the, the same problem has been there so then is it is it the training methods we start questioning the training methods on the billage because players are still getting injured but Ross Green isn't uh, the most glamorous of training grounds they did refurb it quite quickly when Billich asked to move um, but you know from what I've heard the Pellegrini's um, ordered more changes because he's not happy with the quality of it so that has that has contributed to a lot of our injuries. You know, Andy Carroll keeps getting injured, and everyone wonders why. I mean, is it the training? Is it you know? Is it the training methods? Is it the ground? Is it the you know the, the pitches? Um, and it just it's just I I personally I think it's just potluck that you know we've had injured players who have always gone the big the bigger contracts because yeah. more often than not it's always your key players that get injured. Um, because they're the ones probably training most, aren't they? They're, they're the ones sort of being being trained harder. So. Um, but where Winston Reid's concerned, if he can keep himself fit and when he gets back and forces back in the team, then I don't think there'll be many West Ham fans annoyed about that because you know he, he wrote himself into folklore, didn't he, with that the, the, the winner at uh, Upton Park on that last day, the last ever goal at Upton Park, and um, a lot of fans have a bit of you know sentimental value towards him. So we'll see what happens with let's talk about the new boy Saeed Haksabanovic deemed a wonder kid by uh, again by Sam Ingersoll the West Ham correspondent for football.london uh, the surprise of pre-season would you agree with it I think so um, we haven't seen a lot of him he came he arrived last summer um, and I think he played he, he appeared in a couple of cup games last season but um, he arrived with a lot of promise um, but we didn't see much of him but this year he seems to have he's forced his way into Pellegrini's plans. I think Lanzini's injuries has helped him a little bit. Apparently, Pellegrini's plans is that he's going to use him in that role, um, sort of re- like basically replace Lanzini with him until Lanzini's back. Um, he'll play. He'll play as part of that front, uh, that middle three, uh, when he gets the chance. Um, I can't imagine he'll be starting, but he does. He certainly looks a prospect. Um, he came off the bench and, and set up Arnautovic's winner at the weekend. Um, and he, he looks good, um, but I mean I, I haven't seen much of him. But from what I've read, I mean I read Sam's piece, um, and I've, I've read quite a lot about him, and he seems to be making a real impression on the on the new the new team and Pellegrini. Isn't this isn't this what you need from you young players? Like he's only nineteen years yeah. of age. He really wants to take a stance on on this club. He wants to become a regular uh, a regular starter. Yes, it's unfortunate Lanzini got injured, but this is his opportunity. This is where he needs to grab it by the cuff and take the opportunity. And he said, look, he's feeling happy in training. Um, he's happy to be in the squad. It, 
players are taking care of him and he's you know this, this this is great and this is what you need from all players it's definitely what you need and I think a lot of a lot of youngsters at the, t- at the, at the club could probably learn a thing or two over, um, from that attitude I mean we've had a very similar attitude from Declan Rice last season where all he wanted to do was play football he was desperate to play football he was desperate to improve and get into that team and stay there um, and he did that with that great attitude and I think a lot of it was down to that positive you know can do attitude um, and there are, there are you know I think that the, the likes of Reese Oxford for example could probably learn a thing or two because he hasn't got that attitude someone with a, a lot of promise um, you know and who came through and was deemed the wonder kid a couple of years ago and hasn't really done much since and looks like he's going to leave the club and, and he was linked to Manchester United before as well he was well. linked to Manchester United he was linked to a lot of clubs um, went on a couple of uh, low moves seemingly unsuccessful when he's back at the club he didn't make the um, you know I think he's played one or two friendlies but he was with the under 23s on Saturday while West Ham playing Ipswich um, which suggests Pellegrini doesn't doesn't like him for whatever reason So, but Haksabanovic's attitude is you know what I've got a new manager here to impress. I've got a new coaching team here to impress. Mm. Um, seven new players have arrived. You know, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, at, at the front of everyone's minds here. You know, this is my opportunity. Lanzini's injured. Here's my chance. And so far, it looks like he's taken it. And if he can get himself, you know, maybe 10, 15 Premier League appearances next season, then, you know, that's a really good formation for his career to, to move on from there. And we love that at West Ham. We love youngsters coming through. I mean, we, it's, you know, we're, we're called the Acad- you know, we're known as being the Academy of Football. So to have young players come through um, and to show that sort of, you know, attitude and ambition, you know, you can't, you can't get better than that. But isn't this where Manuel Pellegrini is best of? He's he, like he shows club officials, he shows players mm. the respect they need, and if they show him respect, he's, give a, it he's back. an old style coach, which but is good. When yeah. he came into Man City, wasn't it toxic? You know, when Roberto Man- Mancini left, you know, there was several officials falling out with each other. It was just a toxic yeah. atmosphere, and you know, Manuel Pellegrini came in with a breath of fresh air, and that's what he's doing at West Ham this season. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already seen that. We can already sense that there seems to be a good feeling amongst amongst the squad. Uh, it's very diff- it's very difficult to bring seven new signers into a squad uh, and make them all, all, all settle in pretty quickly and keep all the old players happy and keep the youngsters happy who are, trying, who are knocking on the door. Um, but as you said, it's a two-way street. If you show him a little bit of respect, he'll show you a little bit of respect. And if you work hard in training, then you're going to get an opportunity. Um, and clearly there's one or two youngsters there, including Aksabanovic, that seem to have, have you know, have really caught his eye and are, are really making a good impression. So... Um, so far so good I mean it's very similar really where the club was in a bit of a toxic state when Pellegrini arrived in the summer Um, you know all those protests that happened last season you know the bad feeling around the club Bilic going Moyes coming in no one winning Moyes the the, the Burnley game and whatnot. so I mean it was one hell of a job to take on for Pellegrini but just with a little bit of money spent some some positive signings, um, some good pre-season performances. He already seems to have, have changed that. Um, so I mean, it, 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 he's had a good start so far. He's had a good start. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I just think with him, obviously he's a proven Premier League winner. Don't get me yeah. wrong, he won't have the similar uh, unlimited resources as he did at, at Man City, as he will at West Ham. But I think he'll have the backing of the fans because he's a winner, and you know. I think for once the board have actually done right. Yeah, <laughs> for once, definitely. I mean, all the fans have been been asking for is is for the club, uh, the board, and the club to really deliver on their promises. And the, the board promised uh, a world class manager with a world class team. Um, 
we've got a world-class manager now. He's, as you said, he's a winner. He's won the Premier League. You know, he's managed Real Madrid. He's managed Manchester City. Um, he, he did very well at Malaga with, with very little money to spend. So, um, I think they've delivered on, on that on that world-class manager. They spent almost 100 million quid, so they're trying to build... I mean, it's not so much a world-class team, but they're getting their early doors. Um, so the board should take a lot of credit for the appointments that they've made. Um, it's what the fans have been craving for for so many years. Um, it's just now, now they've just got to put that onto the pitch now, haven't they? You know, and I think we've got a tough start to the season. Some of the fixtures are a little bit difficult, but I'm really positive for, for the season. And the board, t- you know, take a lot, should take a lot of credit for the, the good feeling around the club at the moment. Still more pre-season friendlies, though. Was it Mainz and then Angers as well? Yeah, I got two more. Is it Angers or Angers? I'd, I'd say Angers. <laughs> is it? I is don't, it, I don't is know. it Angers? Pa- Paddy's the linguist here. Angers. Uh? I'm for Angus. Angus. Yeah. Angus at Das Goldberg. Uh, so anytime I always see something like that, I always have to kind of put the fancier pronunciation onto it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got to put the, the, the accent on, haven't you? But the Betway August. Cup as well. Wee. Everyone loves the Betway Cup. I think we've won that a couple of times. Tomorrow, the Betway Cup. Yeah, Betway Cup against I'm, Mainz. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah. You know, I do love a friendly cup. Yeah, we, we don't win much silverware, so we kind of that's if we win that at the beginning of the season, we're you know we're, we're on you know, it's, it's as good as the charity yeah. shield, isn't it? Yeah, as definitely. good as the charity shield, definitely. And uh, it'd be quite nice, a little boost for Pellegrini as he um, as he as he comes into uh, into this gig. I mean, look, what, what does he need to start with? Obviously, you know, we it's all right for us to say a win, but you've got Liverpool. Arsenal as well, Everton, Chelsea, Man United, all before the end of September. Mm-hmm. You know, out of the first, what, four, seven games, that's 21 points. How many points does he need to have picked up before people start getting a bit sort of itchy? It's a, it's a difficult one because I said last week, you know, like what happened when Billich arrived, we had, we had a good start to the season and we rode that wave. Um, for the rest of the campaign and all it takes is for us to go to Liverpool and nick a point go to Arsenal and nick a point um, and then win our home games I think our, our first three uh, what three away games are very difficult but our home, our home games are winnable um, and we, we showed last year that we you know, we, we can perform at home you know when the fans get behind the team against the likes of Chelsea and Man United so Back two back-to-back difficult games. West Ham, Chelsea, difficult West Ham, Man United, but at at the London Stadium, um, I think you'll beat Man United, knowing our luck. Yeah, I mean, do, do you know what? It's those sort of games where, more often than not, I mean, maybe maybe the last couple of years aside, more often than not, we turn up again, turn up in those games. Um, and I think this season, you know, like, like, as I, I keep going back to when Billich arrived, but when Billich arrived, there's a real good feeling, a real buzz around the club, from the fa- um, from from the terraces all the way through into the change room. Because you know we come off a bit of negativity when Aladice left, the club got a lot of stick for for not renewing Aladice's contract, and then so we had this real good feel feel good factor, and we went and had a good start. And I think it's got a very similar feeling this summer, um, to, to you know two and a bit, you know, two or three years down the line where. We really feel as if something's about to happen, um, and as I said, you know, if, if we can make sure that we win our home games and maybe the other way point, then by the end of September, if we're sitting comfortably in mid-table, then I think you know you've got to, you've got to be happy with that. Let's talk about that man, Bobby Snodgrass, because after um, a, you know a decent money move to West Ham, mm-hmm. and then a loan away from West Ham, yeah, he is playing 
pretty well. But his future's up in the air. I heard he got a standing ovation at the Villa. He did, yeah. By the Villa fans. Villa fans loved him, didn't they? He had, he had a good season for Villa last year. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'll... I won't be the only West Ham fan to to think to have thought that his West Ham career was over before it even started. Really, I mean, he struggled to really fit in when he first signed. He had some big big boots to fill with Payet, didn't he? And you know, he didn't really produce the goods. He was he arrived at the club at a very difficult time, anyway. But he he produced it. He, you know, he played well for Villa last year, and he's come in and Pellegrini seems to like him. He's had some good performances. Do you think he has to adapt somewhat from his regular playing position and? You know, to make him to, like change as a player somewhat, maybe change position, maybe change the style of play he plays. I don't know. I think so. Um, I mean, I think if he, if he's gonna if he's gonna play for West Ham next year, then then definitely, I think he needs to be willing to to adapt uh, and play the way that Pellegrini wants him to play, um, and just you know, and, and do his bit for the team. You know, I mean, I told you that story last week about you know what his thing with Bilic where Bilic asked him where he wanted to play and then he played him in the complete opposite position and I think that was that was his problem was that he wasn't playing where he wanted to play um, and I don't know whether that you know that might rub you know rub people up the wrong way when he was at the club initially but he does have to adapt he does have to I think if he does play he plays, plays part of that front three anyway um, which isn't Million miles away from from where you know from where he's used to playing anyway, but you know he'll have to he'll have to settle for you know a, a bench role. I can't imagine he'll be a starter, but that's if he stays. But he's certainly looking good at staying, and if he can continue playing the way he is and and impressing Pellegrini and and putting the performances, then I think he, he might he might be a bit of a, a bit of a surprise performer for us next year. This is last chance, though, isn't it? Because he ain't and no spring chicken. He's no. thirty years of age, thirty-one this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, this is his last chance for the Premier League. I think um, if he can, if he can have a good season, it might earn him another move to another Premier League club, maybe, or, or another Premier League club in January. But it, it's it's certainly his last chance to really impress at this level. Um, he dropped down a level last year and impressed. I mean, he, I mean, more often than not, he has been a a championship player. He's, he's done it for Hull in the championship. He's done it for for Villa in the championship. Um, but this is his last chance to really prove that he can do it in the top flight. He was doing it for Hull, wasn't in the top flight before we bought him. But yeah. you know, if he can do it for an entire season, then you know we can go from there. But I, I mean, I'll be surprised if he does last the season, if I'm honest. But I'd be more surprised by the fact that we haven't sold him already. If you know what I mean. Yeah. What What do you think if he so if he stays past the tra- uh, the transfer window? What do you think his role will be? Will he be an impact player off the bench? You know, surely he's not going to be starting. Yeah, I can't see him starting unless he does drastically changes changes style of play and changes role and perhaps slots into that 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 midfield role and rather than sort of the the wide attackers like inside forwards. But I think more off, yeah, I think he'll definitely be an option off the bench to replace Yarmolenko, uh, sorry uh, Anderson or, or something like that, um, or, or, or Yarmolenko depending on what side he plays. But um, and I think he'll be good for that. I think he'll be good. You know, if we can, if you can bring a player on like Snodgrass with his dead ball ability, and you know, he's still a good player. He's a good player. Um, if you've got a player like him on the bench as an option, then you know, it's not it's not a bad person to have to bring off the bench. But you know, I, I hope he stays and I hope he has a good season because um, from from what I hear, he's he, he's a good guy. I'm, he's a good guy. They love him at, at the training ground. The players getting really well with him. So you could see him though slotting into you know. A system with, you know, with Pellegrini. Mm. I mean, Pellegrini. Don't forget, is the man who, who sort of 
restarted Frank Lampard's man well career after he left Chelsea. You know, he went on loan. Very very dodgy move that was mm. that New York City thing. But he did really well on the Pal- Pellegrini at City. He won the Premier League at Pellegrini uh, at City under Pellegrini. Yeah, uh, Lampard and. Um, I think if Snodgrass can play a ball, he could he could be an influential player. Yeah, I mean if he can play, if he certainly can play in that role, then I don't see why not. Um, but given the the level of investment that's been made on on new signings, I'd be very surprised if he if he is a starter. But you're right, he, he can. Pellegrini's the type of manager that could really help Robert Snodgrass sort of reignite his career, given given that opportunity to to prove that he is a Premier League footballer. Um, to prove that he's got it isn't he someone as well the likes of Haxana Budge can you know look up to as well learn a, th- yeah. a f- few things or two himself and Nathan Holland you know as well they can learn off of Yarmolenko and Felipe Anderson as well is he a good man to keep around the squad there I think so he's experienced isn't he yeah um, he's been there since and done it uh, and even at international level for Scotland he's you know he's one of Scotland's best players so if, if you you know if you're looking for the youth players to learn from you know the rest of the, the first team squad then there's no harm in having a player like Robert Snodgrass there as a, as a mentor and a tutor to these young players because, you know, he's not the only one in the squad that can do that. But for someone that's done it consistently in this country, uh, perhaps not consistently in the Premier League at that level, but you know, he knows what it he knows what it takes to, you know, to to be successful in this country. He knows that, you know, the pace of the game in this country. So, I think it's it's, it's perfect for him. He's perfect for the youngsters, and you know he, he's definitely a player that the likes of Fax Benovich, Nathan Holland, um, Declan Rice, Josh, Josh Cullen, Marcus Brown, they, they'll all be looking up to players like Robert Snodgrass. They won't look to sell him, will they? I mean, the the outlay was was half decent, wasn't it? I think it was. I think it was a ten and a half mil. I think we paid for him after we we uh, we offered initial three million. I think we got laughed out of hole, but. Um, I mean, I thought we would sell him, and I thought Villa Villa would end up buying him. But obviously, all the problems happened at Villa, and there was no way they could afford afford to uh, to buy him. But I mean, we won't get ten million back for him. We'd have to lose money on him if we do sell him. But with what was it, ten days before the end of the window? I mean, I can't imagine he'll go permanently. He might go out on loan. Um, plenty of time yet, mate. Plenty. But yeah, it's plenty of time. time yeah, we know, we know. But I, I mean, I, I given given. The involvement he's had in pre-season, he's played every game. I think we said on Wednesday uh, last week that he'd, he'd made more, he's played more minutes than anyone else in pre-season, which says something. Um, so I'd be very surprised if he does go, but if he does, you know, I wish him all the best. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very weird one with him because everyone just expects him to go and now we'll be surprised if he does look Cheko Kiyate has been an absolute favourite of mine mm-hmm. to watch I just like his marauding energetic presence sometimes tough tackling um, but he doesn't have that many fans I find at West Ham he, he, you know a lot of them they're, they're, their patience is wearing on him what has changed for Cheko Kiyate uh, we, we we did have a lot of love for him when he first arrived but the last couple of seasons he's He's come across quite lazy. Um, he re- he really puts a lot of effort in tracking back. I mean, I, I mean, you could get a lot of a lot of clips from him last season where the opposition would would be in and around our box, and he'd make a half-hearted attempt to track him back or making a tackle or or you know or running with a defender or something like that. And uh, you know that doesn't go unmissed in this in this day and age. A lot you know a lot of people noticed it very very quickly and. He is a good player on his day. 
Um, you're right, his marauding runs forward, particularly when we first signed him, were, were brilliant and he scored some good goals for us. But we need we need someone that is willing to give everything for the team. And I think last year and maybe the year before that, periods of the year before that, he, he just began to you know have those games where he wasn't he wasn't as as in the game as he perhaps used to be before I don't know why that is it's very very straight you can't really explain why um, but yeah I think it's, it's got to the point now where the fans are like do you know what if we sold him then fair, fair play you know we need to we need to upgrade now apparently Palace have had an 11 million pound bid rejected by West Ham they want him to join Porto instead yeah what if Porto don't come in for a bid well, I think it isn't the the thing of we want Porto striker, don't we? And I think that we're trying to sort out some sort of player plus cash. Musa Morega. Musa Morega, yeah, banged in quite a few goals last season for them. And I think we're looking at him. Um, so, if, I mean, if we can get that deal done, I mean, I'd be, I, I, I wouldn't like to see us sell to Palace. I wouldn't like to see uh, see us sell it into anyone in the Premier League, really, because as I, I said think before, he'd do really well. I, Palace, yeah. I think he would as well, and I think. We need to if we're going to sell these players, players that we know can play well. We, they have Premier League experience, and you know they've proven that they can be very, very, really a positive impact on any team that they play for. Then, particularly where Palace are concerned, where I think they'll have a good season, they could be in and around us, and you know we could be strengthening a. a, a they could a be in and around. In and around us, really? Oh, well, you never know. You never know. Um, well, Palace, Palace always seem to. They might have a slow start, but then they might, you know, they always have strong, strong finishes. But I think that might change. Um, but then, even if you don't think that, we're selling Kuwaite to them. You strengthen them already, aren't you? So, um, I'd like to. I'd like to see. I mean, if we do sell him, then I, I don't. I wouldn't want to see him go to Palace. Um, so if we can get a, a, a player plus cash or whatever for this uh, for this striker at Porto, then happy days. Um, let's head back over the river to West London. Tony Khan and his, uh, or South West London, his, his, his team are doing the bizzo, uh, when it comes to transfers. They've already sealed the deal for Alexander Mitrovic today, mm-hmm. and Swansea have accepted a bid of £20 million pounds in, in the region, £20 million pounds to Alfie Mawson. Yeah. Um, genuinely a class act. Yeah. He's, he's a future England player, he's a Definitely. future England captain, in my opinion. Uh, a real, real class act. Alfie Morton, I had the privilege of following him at Wickham Wanderers for a year. Genuinely, like a really humble, nice guy as well. Um, apparently, he's going to be having a full of medical tomorrow, mm-hmm. a medical and uh, and agreeing de- uh, terms tomorrow. And and they're they're just making some serious, serious signings. A player West Ham was somewhat interested in as well, Alfie Morton. Well, I, I was I was convinced that Morton would end up at. West Ham this summer um, you know there was a lot of talk towards the end of last season at the early stages of the summer that you know we were in advanced talks and, and eventually the deal would be done um, I don't know whether that was you know that was just paper talk or you know whether there was something in it and talks broke down or whether we, where the Pellegrini didn't fancy him I mean I can't imagine that would be the case because you said he's, you know, he's a class act and um, I would have loved to see him at the club instead of maybe like Babuena or, or Issa Diop who might turn out to be good players, but they're untested in the, in, in the Premier League in England. It's their first first time in England, so. But you know, fair play to Fulham. They're they're, they're getting a, a very very good, very very good centre back, and I'm I'm a little bit gutted actually that we didn't didn't get a deal over the line in the end. 
with with Mawson, I suppose he played in a relegation side. Was that something uh, uh, you know a factor that Manuel Pellegrini took into consideration and went, no, we need someone better to fill in that centre back position? I don't think so because we signed Fabianski from Swansea. That's very true as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that came into. I, I mean, good I mean, player, Fabianski. He is a good. He is a good player. I mean, I can see why there perhaps would be doubts because you know they got relegated, but I mean they they conceded less goals than we did last year. Um, I think Swansea's problem last year is they didn't really have anyone anyone to to score goals rather than you know I, th- I mean I don't know how many goals they did concede but it was a, f- a lot less than a lot less than us. Mark Noble, a man um, who was too good for England at one point. Way you too know, good for England. That? Way too good for England. Too good for England, um, but he's somewhat free for his future following the arrival of Manuel Pellegrini and new signings. How much of this is true? <sighs> I mean, I, I, I said last week, didn't I, that I think I always thought he'd start the season. He's club captain, um, and there's already been quite a lot of upheaval. So then, to, for Pellegrini to change the club captain would have been a little bit too much for one summer. So I thought he'd, he'd start the season, and then, and then it may get faded out depending on the signings that we make. But he seems to have have played quite a key role in pre-season so far. Um, Pellegrini's already come out and said that um, he values uh, the role that. Mark Noble plays as as a captain. You know he's he's Mr. West Ham, knows the club inside out, and he's the sort of captain that he wants wants at the club. So suddenly you you wonder whether he's going to play he's going to play a really important role, and he's played quite well in pre-season so far. So um, he's gone from I mean I did fear for him, but it looks as like looks as though he might have he might have at least one more season at the club. Club captain, team captain. You know we have all sorts of captains these days, don't we? Yeah, we have club captain and team captain and but he's, other sorts. Of he's captain. pretty much a club ambassador, Mark. Now, wasn't he? The, the way they used him last year to 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 calm the fans down a little bit, and because he is technically one of us. I've always said he's you know he's living the dream of every West Ham fan, isn't he? He's, he grew up from just you know grew up from around the corner, played over four hundred and fifty games for the club. He's captain. Um, supports the club, loves the club, but you know I think he, he's he's both a team captain and a club captain. Um, and I think he's the type of player that, you know, the type of person that Pellegrini Pellegrini likes. He likes to play that. Doesn't he? He's a man as well. Like he always has his head screwed on. He doesn't get too excited. Because I read our comments from him. He said like the last time West Ham enjoyed as much preseason success, they got relegated under Avram yeah. Grant. Yeah. You know, so he's a man that's not getting you know too into it. He's not getting too happy about it. He's keeping focused, and that's what you need this season as well. Focus. Absolutely. Um, Every every West Ham fan to tell you that you know ever since that that pre-season under Avram Grant, where it was all excitement, we won every game with ease, and then we went and got relegated. You know, ever since then, pre-season has been you know don't really care because it doesn't really give have a true doesn't give you a true reflection on what to expect in the season. But um, you're right, we do need focus. It's a big season for the club because of all all the changes that we made, all the positive changes that we made. Um, and Mark Noble is saying the right things. You know, they use him to to try and you know keep keep expectations on the ground a little bit and to try and cheer the fans up when when they need to. And you know, it's, I think I think he's right in what he says. You know, we need to just just focus on the job at hand. Um, we're doing okay in pre-season. We've you know we've had a couple of good performances, a couple of dodgy performances, but the results haven't been too bad. So you know, be good. I, I mean, I, I love Mark Noble and I want him to be at the club for as long as possible. 
Will he will he be a regular starter? Do you think he'll be starting straight away this season? I think so. It'll be part of that midfield three. Uh, with him, Wilshere, and and whoever whoever else, whether that's Obiang Kawate if, if one of them stays, or or, an, or another signing, maybe Haksabanovic. Yeah. Um, You'd imagine that Noble's role will very much be like that guy just blocking everything and let them do a bit more of the work. You know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a lot. You say that, but last year, I mean, that probably will be his role this year. But last year, if, if you looked at his stats after every game, he ran more than anyone else. You know, he was really the, the, the you know the midfield engine. He'd, he'd, he'd be running all, all you know all around. But I don't know whether his legs will do that this season. You know, um, but he will be the guy that you know. Do they try him in a more more of a deeper role? Um, I know Declan Rice is is being tipped to play in that sort of holding midfield role. But you know, I don't know whether Mark Noble can be that guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he might have to change his role a little bit to fit into the new two tactics. Again, that's another thing that we've got to get used to. It's completely new tactics, completely new, new me- you know, new method of playing. So, but I think he'll be alright. Yeah, I think he will be. Uh, I think he'll be alright as well. One more season will do for No. But to be fair, a couple of years ago, I would have taken him at Man United. I'd have loved to have seen someone with a bit of heart and desire. He had. A re- he had. A re- I think his best season was that last year at Upton Park. Oh, his best season. But there was a lot of players whose best seasons were there. That's true, yeah. But he, him you know, especially, him especially, I thought he was wonderful that year. No, he was he was uh, pretty good there. To be fair, Paddy, what do you reckon? Him and the Man United midfield in in his prime, I would have loved him. Yeah, he would have brought stability. He would he would have been probably one of the only players that cared about actually playing in the United side. He would have took you know the club's history like he's done West Ham as well. He wears the badge with pride. Yeah. And the way United have been buying players uh, the last last few seasons trying to be Galacticos, they've bought players that are just there for the money. It's a mm. bunch of mercenaries on the field. You know, you, you've seen that last year. You're basically a team of mercenaries that just rely on quality from one individual. You know what I mean? They rely on a wonder goal from uh, you know Lukaku even though yes he, he was our top scorer and he scored like 15 goals the last season but you'd always you'd always uh, you know put your fate on a guy that can get you that that magical moment to win games here which worked last season but yes Mark Noble you know I would have had him a couple of years ago at Old Trafford in midfield there because he would have wore the jersey with pride he would have motivated everyone else to you know to play around him and care about the club you know and there's not many players like that anymore I just wonder if he'd done that because it's Man United it's not West Ham he's a West Ham fan isn't he Oh, Mark Noble. Yeah, massive West Ham fan. Yeah, yeah I wonder if yeah. he'd still have had that effect on Man United because obviously. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I still think it's it's an absolute crime that he's never even had an England call up. Yeah, you know, he he was captain on the twenty ones for years, um, but never even, it's never been called up for the first team. Um, and I know he was he was having to battle with the likes of Lampard and Gerrard and you know when when they were at their peak for England but at, but least, we, at we, least get a call up and we, we we're were calling play, you know we're calling so many random yeah. players up just for like the odd cap or no but we were going for them even when they were falling out the back end of their peak yeah instead of him in his peak yeah it's quite it, embarrassing it's I mean absolute disgrace how he never even got a call up particularly after the, the amount of appearances he made at under 21 level we capped in the under 21s um and just never, never got a crack. I mean, you never know. He might have a great season this year, and Southgate might, might see, might see that. But he'd give that. As you said, you know, he gives that heart. He cares um, for West Ham. He would definitely do that for England. You know, he would, he would play his heart out for England, like a lot of the players did for England at the World Cup. You know, probably a lot of them probably did play above their station a little bit because they were playing for England at the World Cup. 
Now, now we hear about these uh, starlets coming through academies, and of course, where better to go than the Academy of Football, West Ham United. Uh, Domingos Quina, 18 years old, born in Guinea-Bissau. Spent time at Benfica, spent time at Chelsea. He's now squad number 36 at West Ham, playing all through the uh, under-17s, the under-20s to Portugal. A hot prospect. I mean, hunted down by Barcelona. A bit worrying. It's a little bit worrying. But when we first when we first got him from Chelsea, there was a lot of hype around him and you know, everyone was saying that he was one of the next best things, but he wanted to move away because he knew his chances at, at Chelsea getting the first team were very slim, like a lot of players leaving Chelsea. But I thought, we, we all thought that, you know, it wouldn't take him long to get into the first team and and start, you know, and start performing at the highest level, but it hasn't really happened. I think he played one or two first team games in the cup last year but I think in the season before he featured in the Europa League qualifiers for us but for some reason he hasn't he hasn't broken into the first team and, and started and started performing consistently and I, I don't know whether uh, it must be pretty good because Barcelona seemed to be interested I, there was a stage last year where I thought well maybe he won't live up to the hype that he's, the early hype that was around him but the fact that Barcelona and Borussia Dortmund as well apparently have been linked with him as well the fact that two clubs like that are, are linked with him it's just that he's still pretty good um, so it's a surprise I mean, now obviously the club have been I don't think the club were expecting to have a lot of interest because now they're desperate to offer him a new contract so um, it's worrying but if we can keep hold of him then great yeah, I mean, what's the likelihood of him actually going to Barcelona? West Ham want to offer him a new deal. Uh, are we going to see another situation where he leaves and the, the fee is decided by tribunal? Potentially. Um, he's got a year left. I, I think Barcelona offered us 600 grand, I think it was, which, I mean, even I know he's only got a year left, but that seems pretty low for a player with, with um, a lot of great potential. Uh, I think if we're going to get rid of him, then I think we need to look at, look at a way that... We, we need to protect ourselves here because we've got a player here that Barcelona seems to think is, is worth worth buying. So you know, we need to perhaps take a leaf out of Barcelona's book and put, do, you know, can we put a buyback clause in there? Can you know, do we? Uh, can we take one of their players off? And we need to protect ourselves, I think, with this because to let a young player with so much talent go for for what is pretty much nothing in this day and age. Um, for a club like West Ham, we need to try and get as much as we can out of this. If we're not, if we, if we're unable to keep him, and I think we need to be very, very clever in the way that we handle this. And he has, you know, experience in international level in the under nineteen European Championships. He, he won that with Portugal. Just won as that, well. yeah. You know, that's that's you have to give him a chance at the club as well. I think it'd be very silly to let uh, him go to Barcelona, where he could make a career for himself. I know Chelsea let him go. Could they be? You know, if he becomes a star player, that's another one that let through the grasps so West Ham probably need to learn from that and at least give him a season or two to establish himself give him first team experience see what he can do I think so I mean he's only 18 and you know if we we offer him you know an an extension on his contract maybe another two years and go right okay you've got this season the next season to really really prove yourself and break into the first team if you don't do it then then we consider selling you but I mean by then maybe his move to Barcelona might be might might have that shit might have sailed. So you don't know whether he he might have he might be going. Look, do you know what? This could be the only chance I get a chance to go to Barcelona, and I wouldn't blame him for that. But I think the club needs to do all they can to try and keep him. And if they can't, then do all they can to get as much out of the deal as possible. Whether that's you know a big bigger transfer fee or some reassurances that you know we we, we are gonna 
take some money or earn some money out of this in the future whether that's you know a percent, percentage of profit for if they do sell him or, or you know or something like that just so that we don't miss out completely like we have done in the past with all the young all the you know the top players that we've let go over the last 20 25 years and really um suffered as a result from what else needs to be done still some more um bits and pieces to be done in the window as we say what is it, 11 days left before it uh, it shuts slams shut can you see west ham doing any other any other business i think so i think if i think we i think we sh- we should expect to see one or two players leave before we see one or two come in um Pellegrini's hinted that if a couple of players do leave then he will be buying a cu- buying a couple more to replace them i think we're at a stage now where we don't need to, to add any more to the squad. It's just a cut. Or we don't need to, to sell anyone just because we've got too many players. I think the size of the squad is just right. But there are a couple of players that do look like they're going to be on their way. I mean, as we said earlier, Obiang, Coate, there's big question marks over there. Antonio could still be out the door. If those two players go, then they need to be replaced. We've got a, a, a decent enough squad, a size squad now. We've got strength in depth. So it's just replacing those guys. I, I it looks as though they might even look to bring another striker in. Jordan Hugo might might be out the door, um, so that's another striker through. So you'll have you'll have Arnautovic, Hernandez, and potentially someone else up front, um, which then of course adds more problems because if we, if we sign another striker for for what you know is probably going to be fifteen twenty million quid, then he's going to want to be wanting to play every week. So it's Arnautovic, so it's Hernandez. So there's going to be a lot of a lot more to be done. Um, the the interesting thing for me, as I said earlier, is the what happens in that midfield. If both Coate and Pedro Obiang go, then you know we need to bring in two players. Perhaps Declan Rice fits slots in, perhaps Haksabanovic slots in, but we still need to probably buy one or two more players to replace them. But uh, it's going to be interesting 10, 10, 11 days. And don't don't forget, I mean, after once that 10, 11 days goes, it doesn't stop us from selling anyone. So, is this where you need to go for Premier League experience over just overall quality in another league? I think. I, tr- I trust Pellegrini and um, Husilos, our director of football, in the, trans- in the in the transfer window. You know, if they think that there's not enough value or the players aren't available in the Premier League, and you know they, they need to look at elsewhere overseas, then I trust them to do that. It, in years gone by, I would have, you know, I would have, I would have dreaded the club doing that, given the the, the the type of or the lack of quality we brought in from overseas. But you know, I, I trust them to go and get the right people, whether they are Premier League quality or not. Um, I think we've already got enough Premier League quality. Um, the likes of Jack Wilshere has come in. You know he's he's got enough Premier League quality. Fabianski's come in. The experience he's got in the top flight. So we brought in players like that, but then also dipped our toes elsewhere as well. So you know whoever it is, but I think whoever we do sign needs to strengthen the the starting eleven rather than just come in to to make up the numbers or just to be a bench player. I think you know we've got enough of that. The depth is there. We just need to ensure that 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 strong eleven is. Um, the strongest it could be on that first day against Liverpool. There's links as well with Islam Slimani of coming to West Ham as well. Uh, is that a move that you need another forward? Well, as I said, I mean, we're, we're, there's already question marks over how Hernandez fits in the team now. You know, Arnautovic is on fire. Yarmolenko and Anderson are going to be our first choice um, wingers or inside forwards, whatever you want to call them. So. Do we do we need another striker? You know, probably. You know, probably. But 
someone like Islam Samani is going to want to. He's going to want to be starting every week, isn't he? Yeah, and he's not exactly young either. He's thirty years of age. Exactly. I think we were linked with him before he signed for Leicester, I believe, um, and then Leicester beat him to, and that was what a couple of years ago. Um, and he hasn't really. I mean, he scored quite a few goals for them, didn't he? But he hasn't really lit the Premier League up as he. So I don't know whether Islam Samani is is a good a good option for us. Um, if anything, I'd rather us keep Jordan Hugo, have him as a, have him as a backup, or us go and sign a, a, a young, a young, another young striker. If, if we are going to sell Hugo, I'd rather us go young. At least then he, he's got a couple of years to try and break into the team and, and, and grow into the team, rather than us going out and buying a, a 30, 31 year old at the end of their career, yeah. um, who's you know. Who, who, who you know? Who's not really that bothered? You know, we need we need hungry players in the squad now. Like in, in, in the stats, they always go back to that one season where they had you know great season. I mean, in the 2015-2016 season when he was playing for Sporting in Portugal, I think he think he scored 31 goals in 46 games. He has that talent there, and they compare it as well, like to Andy Carroll, who has 33 goals in his whole uh, Hammers career, and that's in 128 games. Mm. So yeah, yeah, there, there there is reasons why you should sign him. But look, he's not been able to reduce that record in the Premier League and that's a worrying sign and that's why I would believe the club should stay away from him yeah I think I think you're right um, I'd rather us st- I, I think I'd rather us keep Jordan Hugo than us go out and spend three games I mean you can't judge a player on three games I don't think you can but um, again he's another player that came came at, came to the club deadline day move looked like a bit of a panic buy in a really difficult time at the club um, was obviously not going to be first choice so you know and yeah, they're out of it scoring goals for fun um, I think he deserves at least the, the first half of this coming season a lot more minutes under his belt to see what he can do but you know it's, it's difficult you know he's a young lady who wants to play football um, it, you could tell he was a bit like a rabbit in the headlights when he first arrived. Yeah, couldn't 100%. believe it. He was like, "What am I doing here?" Um, so, with that in mind, I would say, you know, I mean, but Pellegrini didn't sign him. He's not a Pellegrini player, so Pellegrini might not like him. Pellegrini might not might not rate him at all. And from what from what I've seen, he hasn't done a great deal in pre season when he's been given the chance. He didn't play on the weekend. He's got a bit of an injury, so I, I don't really know what's. To, I mean, but if if we're going to go out and spend money on a striker. The way I see it is, it's got I've, you know got he's got to be better than Arnautovic and Hernandez. That's the way I see it. Yeah, another one that was me- um, mentioned before before he signed a new club uh, or deal with his club was Loren Moran, if that's how you say his name. He's with Real Betis now. He recently yeah. signed a new contract mm-hmm. with the La Liga club Real Betis, but he was linked. He's 24 years old. He had a great season last year. He scored seven goals and 15 appearances. And you maybe would trust that move with Manuel Pellegrini managing three different clubs in La Liga. There, he knows the league well. He probably identified that striker as maybe he could fit in with, with the. With uh, the squad we have here and might make it in the Premier League, that might have been an okay signing. Would you believe? Since, as you said, you trust Pellegrini and his judgment. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, buying in a league that that Pellegrini knows very, very well, um, I think you know, it would have been a good. It would have been probably proven to be a good signing. But, the, but I, I mean, I do have a bit of a, a bit of an issue with buying strikers from from overseas because I mean. Unless you're you're buying one of the elite strikers from overseas, and even then, that's not guaranteed. More often than not, you do see players that struggle to to settle in England, and it always—I mean, more often than not, it's strikers. 
Um, I'd rather sign it if we're going to spend money sign a Premier League striker. But again, they 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 come at a premium, don't they? But as I said, I, I trust I trust Pellegrini to to go and get the right players for his projects um, to help lay the foundations to this project and and to improve West Ham and prove his starting eleven. Um, it would have been a good signing, but unfortunately, he's he's, he's staying at Real Betis. It's Alan O'Brien from the Tactics Articulated Lorry 1, which has uh, superseded the Tactics Truck 2. Good evening, Alan. The line is very broken there. I can't quite hear you. Is it better now? Yes, I got you now. Well, we were just saying that your Tactics, uh, your tactics tr- Truck has turned into a Tactics Articulated Lorry. Well, hey, I think it's always been a lorry, my friend, you know. I've I've always been thinking big, you know. Good man, good man. Alan, a big season en route for West Ham United. I've got James Jones here from West Ham World and uh, Paddy in the studio. But a big season en route. They've brought in a proven winner in Manuel Pellegrini. What can we expect from the Hammers? Well, I, I have mixed feelings about the appointment of Manuel Pellegrini, Aaron. And uh, it'd be interesting to get James's thoughts as well, but... On the positive side, if you look at Pellegrini's history, uh, he has always worked well with mid-sized teams. He's always overachieved. I mean, if you look at his tenures at Villarreal and Malaga in La Liga, I mean, he he got both sides to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I mean, he qualified both sides for the Champions League, first of all, playing a very attractive brand of football. But when he took bigger jobs, like, for example, Real Madrid, where he was slightly harshly treated, and Manchester City, he wasn't necessarily as successful or maybe didn't match expectations as much as he should have. So that's the positive side. Um, West Ham, I think even James would admit, are not exactly a heavy hitter in the Premier League picture. But on the negative side, I do think uh, the spectre of what happened under Slavin Bilic might be raising its head again uh, You'll remember that under Billich, West Ham were the least fit side in the league. And Pellegrini, unfortunately, has a history of perhaps being lax with players. I remember when Pep Guardiola first came in at Manchester City, he was shocked, reportedly, at the conditioning of some players, most notably Samir Nasri, who had to be put on an individualised schedule to get him back in shape. And uh, the other side of Pellegrini as well is he's not very concerned with the opposition he believes in, in setting his own team up to play his way. And really, when when you look at West Ham and you look at some of the opposition they're going to be up against who are maybe higher powered, there is a bit of a concern there that he might leave them too open, which was a problem that Manchester City had in his last two seasons. Yeah, certainly. Who's going to be the key man for the Hammers? I mean, we've been talking about Mark Noble and how his influence may somewhat be waning on the West Ham team and, and the lineup, but how Pellegrini may be able to rejuvenate his career. Yeah, I, I wonder how Noble is going to fit in. I mean, all through his career, Pellegrini has favoured a, a kind of a 4-4-2 with both wingers coming inside, uh, which means that you know he requires both of the holding midfielders to be very mobile. And I mean, I, I don't know if that's one of Mark Noble's fortes. Uh, I think he's a very good footballer, but I'm not sure if he gets around the pitch as well as others, maybe. I know at times last season when he and Chekyu Kuyate were paired together by David Moyes, West Ham were very open at times. Um, so I think he might miss out. I don't think he started the most recent friendly against Ipswich, where um, Pellegrini went with a 4-2-3-1. 
And if you listen to some of the more uh, West Ham-oriented journalists like Jacob Steinberg, Manuel Pellegrini is still very much in the market for a defensive midfielder, allegedly. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I, I said earlier, Alan, that I think with, uh, where, where Mark Noble's concern is that he's the captain of the club, um, and you know there's been a lot of upheaval, and I think like like leaving the captain out at the beginning of the season may have been like a little bit too far for for Pellegrini too much too much upheaval at once. But I can see where you're coming from. Um, but Mark, Mark Noble does run run a lot. Um, I, I mean, he doesn't get around the pitch as quick as he used to, but he does run a lot. And I don't know whether he might start the season in that role, and then Pe- Pellegrini might then look to look to phase him out as the season goes on. But um, at the same time, Declan Rice is is a player that can that looks looks like he could also be fitting in there. And I think Declan Rice is a sort of player that should be able to learn from Pellegrini. Do you not? Do you not think? Yeah, for sure, and obviously. Uh, those of us from from my uh, from this sector dial will be hoping that Declan Rice continues to be given opportunities because, as you know, he recently became a full Republic mm. of Ireland international. I think he made I don't know if you'd agree with this, James, an awful lot of errors when he was fielded in 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 that back three at yeah. times last season. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, but th- there were errors that um, you won't see him make again. I think he definitely learned from the particular that one at Arsenal. Um, Yes. I think mid. It, I, I think mid midfield is where he'll he'll end up. Um, but he still went some good performances last year. He did, yeah. And that was going to be my next question. Do you think defensive midfield is his best position? Can he kind of make that role that Pellegrini thinks is necessary? Uh, you know, can he make it his own without Pellegrini having to go out and sign someone? I'd like to see him try. I'd like to see him try there at least. He did tweet after he played there in the Ipswich game, and he did tweet after. He said he's loving the new midfield role. Um, he played there for the develop, development squad as well um, before he got his break in the first team. I'd like to see the club give him a chance there rather than go out and spend spend money. We spent quite a lot this summer, um, and I think it's, it's, he deserves his, his opportunity to to play there. Yeah. Certainly, the, the the summer spending is is very exciting. I think from a from a West Ham perspective, it shows that the board have backed Manuel Pellegrini. I know they've remodelled the whole uh, structure behind the scenes as well. They brought in his own sporting director from uh, Malaga, mm. but they've they've they, they seem to sign a whole new rear guard. I mean, the goalkeeping signing Lucas Fabianski, I think, is a wonderful upgrade on the options you have at the moment. His statistics um, for the last few years in terms of saving above his average, saving balls that perhaps he shouldn't have are very uh, encouraging. And um, you brought in a couple of centre-backs there, Issa Diop and the Brazilian Fabian Balbuena, who, from what I've read, are both very, very solid defenders. And uh, also a new right-back as well in Ryan Fredericks. Mm. So seemingly Mm. the only defender that Pellegrini has faith in is Cresswell. (laughs) Well, he looks... I mean, Arthur Masuaku looks to be... Um, a player that will, will end up in that left back role as well. Cresswell's got a bit of an injury, um, but you know he's got you know, he's got Winston Reid there as well, who's injured, and Alpha Masuaka, as I said, is has come on leaps and bounds over the last twelve to eighteen months. Uh, when we first signed him, what have we got here, but he seems to have improved a lot, and you know him him out on the left there, maybe even pushed Cresswell down the pecking order a little bit. But um, I think do, do you do you think that the Pellegrini with the level of spending that, that he's made and the, the seven players that he's brought in do you think that 
he's going to have much of an issue sort of bedding those players in um, quickly and getting the likes of Philippe Anderson, who doesn't speak the language very well, um, to, to settle into the team and settle into the city um, as quickly as possible. I think it's definitely a concern, although if you look at Felipe Anderson's record at, at previous clubs, even though he has had in, issues with injuries, even at Lazio where he's been in and out of the team, when he's been in, he's always excelled in terms of goal scoring and, and creation. So I think even without the language, I think he'll probably hit the ground running. He also seems to suit uh, the Pellegrini's preferred style in that, as I mentioned earlier, he expects his wide players to kind of drift in. Mm. So you, you you can probably see Anderson taking that left wing role and coming in on his stronger right foot and that other new signing Andrei Yarmolenko the Ukrainian will probably do the opposite he'll play on the right and cut in on his left mm. and I think that will be a very neat and very effective um, uh, lineup for, for both players and it'll allow the full backs to advance you mentioned Masuaku I mean I think he probably has the best dribbling statistics in the league. He runs with the ball every time he gets it. His, fir- his first touch <laughs> is a dribble. Yeah. Isn't Alan, though, he is known, he, you know, he's nicknamed the engineer. He has a long track record of bringing the best out of uh, skillful players. You know, we saw that with uh, Jan Roman, Raquel May, Santi Cazorla, and Isco, and he signed big names as well uh, in the past. You know, he had uh, Kak and his team, Isco, Kevin De Bruyne, he brought to Man City before he left, Karim Benzema, Cristiano Ronaldo. He has brought big players to the team. He seems to know what he's going after. And there's an interesting one as well, you know, since he came to Europe in 2004, he's never finished lower than 7th place in a league with any team he's been managing so he is a guy, that I think the right guy to come in and galvanise this West Ham team and get the best out of players even though he, he, he relies too much on his creative players but I think he can still do a job Yeah, no, I don't disagree and I think after I suppose the, the dourness of the David Moyes era the players who have remained will probably see him as a breath of fresh air because as I mentioned earlier, Parig He's very much of the belief that attacking players should be allowed to express themselves. Um, he certainly demonstrated that at Manchester City where you know, he played a 4-4-2. He had Fernandinho and Yaya Toure sitting. And the four in front were effectively allowed to do what they want you know, in, in the centre of the pitch and allow the full-backs to advance. And I think the players will find that very refreshing. And I think in the beginning... West Ham will get a huge boost for that. Far from far from thinking that you know they'll have a slow start, I think they'll actually start very well. But like with Manchester City, as time goes on, the flip side, the negative side of Pellegrini's you know fixation upon creativity and fluidity will come back to bite, and you'll find that some of the issues that Manchester City had under his tenure, like you know the two players I mentioned, Fernandinho and Torre, getting isolated in front of their defence. I think those issues will still be a factor for West Ham, you know? Yes, I mean, who do you see as being the key teams around West Ham, the key challengers, and what should be the the target for the Hammers? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, if you look at the amount of money they've spent, you'd have to say that they really should be targeting at least a top-half finish, if not some kind of battle for European qualification. Um, I, I, I don't think a, a lower uh, half of the table finish is acceptable given the magnitude with which the West Ham board have backed Pellegrini. Um, you know, and also, as Parig mentioned, for Pellegrini himself, to, to finish below seventh would be a personal failure. So 
I doubt he'd be willing to countenance anything less than than the kind of we'll say position that Burnley finished in last year seventh. Yeah. I think he'd see that as as the goal, really. Is you know he's sixty four years of age now, but I think pushing sixty five this year. Is he a man to just br- bring in for two or three years to set up the club? Uh, you know, to set up a club in a way that it's left to, in in the right state for a new manager to come in in the next few years. You know, to start this new revolution at West Ham to bring them to the top six or even you know in, in the grasp of winning the Premier League in several years to come. Is he a man to start that revolution? You think that's why he was brought in. I think so. Yeah, I think I think he was brought in as as a direct response to some of the negativity that um, some of James's fellow fans were directing at the club during Moyes' tenure. I mean, obviously, last season in, in the London Stadium was was a bit of a nightmare for West Ham to say the least. I think the Nadir was the three 0 home defeat to Burnley, and James can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Where uh, there was really just unprecedented levels of, of hatred and derision. Um, poured upon Moyes and the board and I think the, the appointment of Pellegrini was a direct response to that in that I'm afraid I'm going to have to use the phrase here guys the West Ham way <laughs> they were going to get the West Ham way back whatever that is we, we we don't know the mystical West Ham way they wanted to get a coach in who would play attractive football that won England the World Cup in 1966 and you know that that's the goal here I think yeah to to get in a manager that would institute an attacking uh, eye-catching brand of football which he will as I said earlier he'll he'll have uh, the wide players coming in the fullbacks getting forward pressing in the opposition half they'll no longer be a reactive side like they were under Moyes and Sam Allardyce and um, yeah look I mean we've seen that he's been able to instill a winning min- mentality at his, at his previous clubs he speaks about that big game mentality all the time when you hear him interviewed and even if West Ham do fade later on in his tenure which I think they will as I mentioned earlier um, you know at least he will as you say guys have have changed the mentality around the club changed the atmosphere changed them into a club that thinks about themselves in a different way for the next man to come in Alan, you are a genius. Thank you very much uh, for your uh, for your help this evening. Make sure you go and, uh, and 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 look after that tactics truck of yours, pal. It's Love Sport Radio. Thank you very much, James. Catch you again. Thank you. Next, See you next week. week, talk a bit more West Ham. Then, Sports Social Podcast Network.